Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. I am, of course, your host, Chris McPherson, and we are back with all your local Newcastle and Hunter Valley Rugby League action and coverage right here on League Castle. So sit back and be ready for some coverage of our local competitions with a focus on the Denton Engineering Cup, the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League, where we'll delve into the A-grade win network premiership this week and also... Uh, the NRL with our co-host Josh Spiegelman, who's also the guru behind the Statsman Player of the Week. Uh, it's certainly uh, heating up in that competition as it is in all of our local competitions. Uh, the other thing that is heating up that we've launched in the last 24 hours is our local legend of league. It's an opportunity for you to nominate your favourite player who made his senior debut at your local or a local club in Newcastle, the Hunter Valley or the Central Coast and went on to play in the NRL or the Super League. We've had some absolutely cracking nominations, of course, the likes of the Johns Brothers and Billy Peden from up at Cessnock, Daniel Abraham from over at Macquarie, Michael Ennis at Lakes, through to the surprising Anthony Don playing for the University Seahorses. So... Uh, there's some absolute crackers there. Plenty more to come. Cessnock have got an absolute ton of nominations up already. Uh, of course, there's a few more like the likes of Nathan Ross and Daniel Quinn as well. So we'll undoubtedly have a ton of those. Nominations will stay open until Sunday, the 8th of August at 5 p.m. We will be shutting it off at that point. We'll then build out the uh, the elimination brackets and uh, away we go. Your votes will do the talking. So that's going to be really exciting. But uh, in the meantime, some excitement coming in the next couple of weeks. As I said, the stats man... Player of the Year is coming up to be announced in only two weeks' time. We'll also be able to award our leading try scorer for the Denton Engineering Cup Award as well as our top point scorer for the women's tackle A-grade in the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. Those awards are all brought to you thanks to our great mates at Smart Artists, the major partner of the show. If you have an event or a sporting match that needs to be photographed or promoted, Talk to Johnny at Smart Artist. Check him out on Facebook. We share some of their absolutely great work. He's been out in all sorts of weather, getting the shots done, and does great work in terms of the content of promoting a lot of local events as well. So a big thanks to Johnny for being on board and enabling us to give away not only $100 to the charity of choice for each of those three winners, but $100 in cash, cold hard cash, that will go to that winner's um, personal bank account, I guess, as well. So... They're heating up. We're really excited to give out those three awards, but it's a bumper show, so let's get into this show without too much further ado. This week, we are going to kick off, as we always do, with Josh Spiegelman, and then we're going to catch up with Royce Jeffrey from the Macquarie Scorpions before we head into, as I said, the Win Network Premiership A-grade for the Newcastle Hunter, chatting with Nathan Taylor, and then my co-host Josh will return, talk all things NRL, including the bumper clash between our two sides this week the Knights and the Raiders on Saturday evening. So sit back, tune in and listen in for all of your local rugby league previews and coverage ahead of this weekend's games. (laughs) 
All right, let's kick off the show with the Denton Engineering Cup Statsman Performers of the Week. It is absolutely heating up at the top of the leaderboard. They're so hot that we've had to hide it behind closed doors for these last few rounds. Before, in what will only be two weeks away, we are able to unveil to you the inaugural and the 2021 winner of the Statsman Performer of the Year, brought to us by, of course, our great mate at Smart Artist, Johnny, and all of his great work in photography and promotions for sports and events. He is the man to check it, check out and uh, get in touch with via Facebook, Smart Artist on Facebook. If you do want to uh, have your event or match photographed, and he's been getting out and about to plenty of games in all sorts of conditions in recent times and uh, doing a great job, so check out Smart Artist on Facebook. But the other man that uh, this segment doesn't go ahead without and the uh, the brains behind launching this segment in 2021 is none other than Josh Spiegelman. He's my co-host on the show and he joins us again this week. Uh, mate, uh, how is lockdown treating you? How you going, Chris? Yeah, lockdown. Well, today we just heard it's another four weeks of insanity here. So, you know, this um, you guys rugby league competition keeps me sane across a weekend where there's not much else to do. It's good to knuckle down and, and watch a few games and obviously in round 16 we had three pretty good games to watch so are we, we can run through them whenever you're ready. Yeah let's get into it um, there were some questions asked about the Bar TV match of the round but it turned out to be the best of them but that was the third of our games let's kick it off with the uh, key top four battle between Cessnock and Macquarie uh, it was all things going as 40 to 16 they knocked off the Scorpions for the second time this year putting 40 points on them also for the second time this year and it'll have uh, Coach Steve Kidd back to the drawing board. But let's not worry about the coaches and the clipboards. Who impressed you from a statistical point of view? Yeah, mate, it's no surprise here that all of the points are going to the, the boys from Cessnock. Um, obviously, as the, as the listeners know, that's two wins in a row now for Cessnock against uh, top four ranked sides in um, both Central and Scorp. So Cessnock are hitting their straps at the right time of the season here. And we go into the points. We're going to give um, a point this week to... Uh, Wyatt Shaw, the second row from Cessnock, is featured in our recent recent start efforts here. Um, obviously, I don't do the full stuff for Cessnock on a weekly basis, but I just recorded some of the, you know, the key ones here. It didn't take me too long. So, uh, yeah, he obviously scored a try um, with a line break, and he had definitely over five tackle busts and a couple of effective offloads. So, I thought he, he narrowly pipped centre Harvey Neville, who, who had the double for two tries and a couple of tackle busts on his own, but... Overall, I think White Shaw deserved that one point over him, so he gets on the scoreboard this week. As you said, he's been uh, part of our stats wraps the last few weeks, and uh, he picked up a Bar TV player of the round the other week, and uh, he's certainly been probably not a find. Uh, he was he was a he was somewhat of a known quantity, but I think he's taken his rugby league to another level. So, who were the uh, the two standouts that took points? Uh, I guess from you know in front of Wyatt. Yeah, so um, the half there, Scott Briggs, he got the two points for me in this game. Um, he topped the team with a three try assist and three line break assist, so obviously contributed to nearly half of their points scored in that sense. Um, he also forced a pretty good dropout during the match. So, um, yeah, just his playmaking around the, around the game, he really led them around well, combining with AJ Davis, who obviously I think he was unlucky enough to get a point here as well. Um, you know, they're both leading the, the pack re- uh, around the park really nicely at the pointy end of the season, so... Two points to Scott Briggs. Yeah, Scott's certainly been starring and, and not only two wins over top four opponents in the last week, but uh, in the last, sorry, two weeks, but uh, also two wins over his brothers, Randall and Isaac, in the last two weeks. So uh, certainly family bragging rights, uh, sitting firmly with Scott in that very talented Briggs family. Yeah, that's got to count for something too to go towards the points, getting some wins over your family members. So I'm sure we'll be thrilled with um, all, all ends here. 
It certainly does. But who was the stats man performer of the game here in the Cessnock versus Macquarie game at Baddeley Park? Yeah, for me, it's going to go to um, Booker for Cessnock, Billy Gilbert this week. Um, not just because of his double, the two tries that he scored. But he's got the two line breaks, obviously. And he also forced an error in defence. And I didn't crawl the uh, defensive statistics, but I did keep an eye on him through the match. And it was just tireless through the ruck. Um, he really didn't let them down in that area. And I think he controlled the game well from dummy half. So, um, yeah, he, he picked the other two for me um, with those tries, I guess, as well. I, just, I gave him the three points here. So, well done to Billy Gilbert. He's been a solid signing for Cessnock and uh, certainly they'll be looking to hang on to him under the new stewardship of Harry Saker in 2022. But uh, hopefully for the Cessnock locals, he'll be able to lead them to a second consecutive title. Uh, let's move on to the next game. And this was a one-sided game. It was 34 points to nil. Maitland wrapped up the minor premiership, knocking off Central Newcastle at Maitland Sports Ground. It would have been very sweet for the uh, Pickers and Matt Lantry to be able to... Uh, know that they clinched that, and not only clinched it, but clinched it at home with a couple of rounds to go. Yeah, definitely, mate. And the Maitland juggernaut just rolls on here in every sense of the word there. From a statistics point of view, their metre reach is insane with the ball. I don't crawl post-contact metres for anyone in this comp, but they're really good at those. Uh, even off a loose pass or you know mistimed pass, they seem to win the ruck with dominant carries and quick play the ball. So that, that went to show this week especially. I recorded three of their players cracked the 200-metre mark, which is the um, first time the team's done that all year. So it is a really professional outfit, Maitland, on both sides of the ball, attack and defence. And, um, yeah, it's going you know, to be hard to see them getting beat at the back end of the season. But, you know, this competition, mate, anything can happen, and that's what makes it exciting. It certainly is. And uh, I, I'm guessing, again, with the, the margin of victory here, uh, it was uh, all things black and white in terms of the points. Yeah, indeed it was, mate. We're going to start off with a one point here to um, Chad O'Donnell this week. He obviously celebrated. Uh, I think he became a new father this week, so or, or recently. So congratulations to him. But uh, a similarly great effort on the field. He, he scored a try, had two line break assists, a try assist, three tackle busts, two offloads, uh, 58 metres from only seven carries. So to me, he narrowly just tipped Sam Anderson for a point here, who was one of those players that cracked the 200 metre mark. But Every time I do mailing, it's hard to fit all these plays into some points. So someone's got to miss out, I guess. And um, Chad O'Donnell got the point for me. Yeah, so Chad O'Donnell with the one. He's been a consistent performer for them this year. Um, and, and certainly, as you said, they're stacked across the paddock. And, and looking at your points, I see it was a, a forward and a back that split the major points. Yeah, it was, mate. So moving on to the forward pack for two points here. That goes for me uh, to Jaden Butterfield. Um you know, if not for the next guy's stat line or read for the three points, he would have got three points himself. Butterfield here, tremendous in attack as usual. 20 runs for 213 metres at 10.7 a carry to lead that pack is tremendous. And you you look deeper into that and 18 of the 20 runs were for eight metres or more. So that's 90%. Now that's just an insane effort when you're going against any pack of any quality. So um, he broke four tackles with those runs, had a line break. And he also, once again, made all of his tackles. So... You know, the bloke runs like he's been shot out of a cannon and I don't think you could pay me all the money in the world to tackle him, mate. So, um, yeah, he continues to improve week in, week out and he's a key piece to their premiership hopes. He certainly is and he's a big part of uh, this Maitland juggernaut that you talked about before. Um, it now takes them over the last two years, if we have a look at the President's Cup and into Denton Engineering Cup, uh, they had ten wins, uh, sorry, nine wins from ten games last year, including finals. Uh, and then 13 from 14 this year. So you do the math, that's 22 wins, two losses in the best part of two years. So absolutely firing on all cylinders. Matt Lantry has them. And uh, 
It's a man that didn't form part of their campaign that's taken the three points, but he's returned home to Maitland and absolutely fitted in like a hand in a glove, and he's been starring in recent weeks. Yeah, he has, mate. That's none other than Matt Soper Lawler in the back line there. Just absolutely crazy stats this game. And at half time, he, he, he had a bulk of these stats too, which is insane. So uh, before I read out the stats, if he had super coach this week, he would have got you 139 points. So that just goes to show you what I'm about to read out here. Um, obviously, he scored a brace of tries. He had 208 metres. So he's one of those players that cracked it at 12.2 a carry. 11 of these are for 8 metres plus. 12 tackle buffs. 3 offloads two line breaks, a line break assist, and a try assist. So it's almost David Fafita-esque from the Titans' stat line, but, um, you know, a bit more reliable than Dave, I think. <laughs> yeah, so, certainly some some big stats from uh, Sobel Lawler, and it's his second, I think, in four weeks. Second time in four weeks he's picked up the maximum points, so he's hitting form at the good time of the year. And, you know, he's obviously a... Uh, He's got that big game experience having played up in the Q Cup and, and he's really putting that to good use here in the Denton Engineering Cup. Now, the next game, as I said, a lot of people question it being the Bar TV match of the round, but it was an absolute thriller. Uh, Lakes and Curry, the battle for eighth spot. Lakes now put their nose in front in that race home for eighth. Uh, it was, as I said, yeah, a thriller snapped at the end. Nick Glowey was the standout for the Bar TV commentators and won the Bar TV Tui's player of the game, mate. But who was it that you picked out in terms of statistically that were the standouts in this fixture? Yeah, sure, mate. No, this was an absolutely excellent game to watch. Um, I thought it was a gusty effort by late. Um, they, they, they won with 15 men. They lost the starting prop in each half of football here. So really good effort. And, and a number of players could have got points this week, including Nick Glowey, who... He was strong with ball in hand. He topped the team with over 150 metres, but he just didn't sneak in the points for me this week, amazingly. So goes to show you the, the wealth of uh, talent on the park for this game. As we move on to the one point here, I'm going to give it to Curry's fullback, Barry McGrady. Um, he scored a great try as he regathered a chip from his half, Noah Ryan, who, who also was unlucky to miss out on a point, I thought, after a pretty good game. Um, I did some quick stats for Curry throughout. Uh, McGrady had seven tackle busts, a line break, line break assist, and a try assist. So... I didn't crawl their metres, but just from watching the game, he definitely would have topped 150. I'm, I'm quite sure of that. So excellent effort from him at the back there to keep Curry in this match. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been a bit of a revelation. He's been a, a block-busting winger for a couple of years, and now they've, they've thrown him in that one jersey at different times, sort of interspersed with Kate Hardy, and he's been uh, a solid performer. So uh, maybe that's uh, a new home for Barry McGrady moving forward for the Curry Bulldogs under the stewardship of their new coach uh, who was appointed this week, mate. Yeah, it looks to be, mate. It looks to be a good shift for him there. And um, I don't know how old he is, but, uh, you know, if he's, if he's young or... Oh, Barry? Yeah, so not not too sure there, mate, in terms of age. He's certainly, certainly, not, he's certainly not an elder statesman of the club, but I'm sure he's got a few years in him and it'll be interesting to see how the new coach utilises him. Yeah, definitely. Exactly, moving forward. And as we move forward to the two points here, uh, Lake's got the two and the three points for me, but the two points are going to go to their centre, James Johnson. I thought he caused Curry the most issues out wide in this match. Really strong carries. He scored that try. He led the team with eight tackle buffs. Um, three came on this really good try. He scored on a heap strong run down the left edge. Um, this, that uh, one run was one of 11 for the game uh, as he topped the back with 139 metres. So as a centre, I was also impressed. He forced a drop out after a great break. And he also made 93% of his tackles. So he ticked a lot of the boxes outside of what you'd usually expect for a centre. 
Yeah, he's certainly uh, been one of their solid and consistent performers in 2021, mate. But uh, who was it that was the pick for you? Uh, looking at that game, a few of those New South Wales Cup imports certainly were strong. So I'm going to guess it might have been one of those. Yeah, definitely was, mate. Um, Luke Hoos, he got the three points for me. A great all-round effort uh, from dummy half. Um, he scored two great individual tries from dummy half scoots near the line. He, he exploited that slow market offence from Curry that was there sometimes in the match. So... He definitely showed why he's in the New South Wales Cup setup, as you just mentioned before there, and the experience he's gained from that. So uh, deeper into his stats, he had the two line breaks and those tries. He also had two line break assists and two try assists, which led the team. Uh, five tackle busts on five carries with average runs of 9.8 a carry. So um, he also topped the team in defence by quite a way. He made 43 tackles at 86%. So a pretty faultless effort from him here. And um, did some quick calculations. He would have got you 130 super coach points too. So... You couple him with Sopa Lawler and a team together and you'd probably win your head-to-head matchup this week. Yeah, he certainly uh, would be if you had those two stacked into your side. Uh, it'd be a, uh, they both have uh, some fair salary cap weight, I would say, though, in the uh, Newcastle <laughs> Rugby League Supercoach if we had it. Um, I think you and I run enough spreadsheets and stats without trying to uh, create that competition. I don't know how much <laughs> interest we'd have, but I know one thing that's going to come back by popular demand next year will be the tipping comp for the, the top-tier footy as well. So hopefully that'll be uh, enough to keep some punters engaged and uh, hopefully we can find someone alongside our great mate Johnny at Smart Artists to get on board with that competition, mate. But uh, I don't know about you, I'm really excited to be able to unveil in uh, only two weeks' time our three prize winners, uh, the ladies' tackle leading point scorer in the A-grade uh, the men's leading try scorer, which, as we've said, Perry LeBrock's got uh, probably one hand on that uh, on that check at the moment, mate. Uh, 18 tries. He's three clear of Joe Woodbury and then another two back to James Bradley, Rob Bursaro, and then the chasing pack of Royce Jeffrey on 11, Matt Sopalola on 10. Um, you'd have to think that uh, Perry LeBrock would be uh, a fairly short and almost unbackable favourite. Uh, there wouldn't be much value at sports bet about him winning that. No, yeah, probably not, mate. And as you mentioned there, Matt Sopalola, as we mentioned before, he's only played a number of games this year. I reckon if he'd played the full comp, he would have given him a run for his money as well as in the Statsman competition. Not to say that he still can't win it, but definitely playing. I'm sure I'm sure he'd rather play cup than, a, than win these competitions, but you know what I'm getting at. And uh, yeah, really excited to announce the Statsman winner at the end of the this regular season. So far, we've had 99 players now register at least one point. So that, that goes to show. Um, how competitive it is and um, how widespread the talent is. Well, with with six games remaining in the regular season uh, in total, we may see a 100th point get a crown, which would be great. And one thing you and I have talked about is that we will have the try scorer and the uh, statsman leaderboards for all the clubs uh, so that we know who got the bragging rights at each of the clubs um, in terms of the end of the season once it's all done and dusted and once we can add in those aggregated points for those games missed, which will obviously have some weight. Interesting you talk, we talk about those try scores. Matt Sopalola and Perry LeBrock, the only players in the competition to have both scored two or more tries in four separate games this year. Interestingly, Perry LeBrock has uh, picked up a four and two threes, which is the bulk of his tries. So uh, those three games alone, uh, yeah, as I said, the only two to have scored two or more tries in four or more games. Uh, LeBrock with five games with two or more tries. So... Uh, when he scores, he tends to score in bags, Perry LeBrock, so watch out for him in the remaining two rounds. Yeah, exactly, mate. It's, uh, it's going to be an exciting finish. Certainly will, mate. Well, that's a, a great wrap of the uh, Statsman Performers of the Week. Congratulations to our three three-point getters. Uh, as I said, it's getting very exciting. We're counting down. A big thanks to our mate uh, Johnny at Smart Artist uh, in terms of bringing this uh, prize money uh, up in terms of what we could offer and... Uh, 
certainly uh, matching our charity donations, which is really exciting. Again, he is the man to check out if you want to get your sporting game or your event photographed or promoted. He can do it all. Mate, uh, I might give you a little bit of a, a breather and we might come back and, and talk some NRL and uh, try and keep it reasonably brief. Sounds great, mate. I'll, I'll take in a little bit. Another great breakdown by our stats man, Josh Spiegelman there. And uh, let's continue on on the Denton Engineering Cup theme. This week's Bar TV to his new match of the round sees uh, a couple of our sides that have uh, got certainly a number of men up the top of Josh's leaderboard uh, featuring in their game. And, and that'll be the Macquarie Scorpions versus the Maitland Pickers. And uh, after we had Matt Moon on the other week after he was unceremoniously thrown under the bus by one of his teammates. We thought, who better to get than the uh, the man himself who threw him under the bus, Royce Jeffrey, uh, on the show. Royce, uh, thanks for coming on the show, mate. And uh, I'm sure you've got some uh, defensive arguments uh, against some of what Matty had to say. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. Um, yeah, we had a good laugh at, at Moon the other day, and uh, I've got a bit of dirt on a few of the boys, so we'll get to that a bit later. Uh, excellent, mate. I have to say, for a man who was uh, a little reluctant, I thought he actually did reasonably well. Uh, we won't talk him up too much, but... You know, at the end of the day, you know he must have a pretty thick skin considering he lives in a house with Tim Christie. Yeah, oh, he's just a gift that keeps on giving young Moon, so he's going really well this year. And, mate, we talked about this in the intro, or I talked about in the intro there. Uh, mate, uh, you're, when we went behind closed doors on the on the leaderboard for our uh, Statsman Player of the Year, you were right up there alongside the likes of Brock Lamb and, and Spider Anderson, so... Uh, mate, that's got to be, uh, I mean, I know you guys aren't about individual honours when you take the field each weekend, but it's nice to uh, be recognised that uh, not only are you playing well and the side's going well, but uh, the stats are backing up that uh, you've had a pretty strong season. Yeah, it's unreal. Like, what you guys are doing is, is such a good job. Um, it, it makes it fun. It, it definitely keeps you interested week to week. But, yeah, mate, I was getting ready to retire this year and um, got lucky. I think just playing with a few of the boys around me, it, it changed a little bit and, and just really enjoying the footy, so... It's good. Mate, uh, that, that year last year at, out at Dora might have freshened you up, mate, uh, playing with a few of the mates again and a bit more social footy. And undoubtedly, you, you've kept a bit of an eye on them. They've had a bit of a challenge in, in the last few weeks with uh, COVID and limiting their numbers, but they're still sitting on top of the ladder. And look, if they can get back in any form of finals, it's going to be pretty challenging because I think they'll definitely miss the first week of finals and lockdown ends, I think, leading into the second. So as my, if they finish minor premiers or even top three, they'll still be alive. They might be an elimination footy, but, um, yeah, they'd certainly still be keen to probably take the paddock if they've got a shot at it, if their lockdown ends uh, when it's predicted to. Yeah, 100%. Um, the year out there last year was unreal, especially with others, with coach, and, and just a few of the boys that I grew up with. Uh, it was really enjoyable. I went down and watched Dora Creek um, play North Lakes uh, for their old boys' day, and, and it was good. Geez, Dora Creek got a stuck side. Um, but like you're saying, man, the, the lockdown, you just don't know what's going to go on. Hopefully it, it gets lifted, but yeah, it's just too hard to tell at the moment, I think. Yeah, so, certainly hard to pick, but um, I, know, I know looking at their ladder, and, and I don't want to divert away from Macquarie for too long, but as I said, they're still sitting on top of the table, but there's been some redistribution of points. They were, I think, four points clear and all but guaranteed the minor premiership. Um, yeah. It looks like Northern Hawks have had some points taken away, so Thornton can... Nah, but if they win their last three games, because obviously Dora Creek will be allocated draws, so they could pip them by yeah, get the, one, the one point. point yeah. yeah, so anyway, we'll, we'll watch that space. But let's let's get back to talking Newcastle Rugby League, the Denton Engineering Cup, mate. And uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster season for Macquarie. You started like a uh, like a bat out of hell, and uh, a few little bumps there. You found some form again, and then 
last week without wanting to dwell on it too long. Uh, the, uh, the the rivals just up through the valley there. Cessnock got you again for the second time this year. Yeah, it was good. The start of the year it was, it was pretty nice. We were just kind of flying under the radar and, and no one was really noticing us too much. And, and then, yeah, next thing we know, we're kind of right up the top. Um, as you said, we, we kind of stumbled with those three losses in the, in the middle of the year there. Um, had the week off, regathered, um, kitty changed it, a few things around and, and then got back into it. But yeah, last weekend, definitely one. I think we can just put behind us. You have to give full credit to Cessnock though. They're, um, they're a pretty tough side and, and we just were far from our best and, and they were on. But it's footy, I guess. Yeah, it's, it certainly is, mate. Um, and, and as you said, you know, a few things been reinvigorated, a few injuries as well, which probably have challenged and, and you've had to sort of reshuffle the team. And someone that's name certainly stood out since uh, a few of those injuries, he's coming in the back half of the year and he seems to have been fairly strong for a young guy's Fletcher Myers. What can you tell us about young Fletcher? Well, he's got a good rig. Mate. <laughs> yeah, his shirt's off. It's like minus two degrees out and he's walking around with his kid off all the time. Um, but he, he's got a, got the rig to back it. Um, yeah, Young kid, he, he come come back to us from the night. Uh, he he come to us. I think he was playing a bit of centre, but then with the injuries, he got shuffled around, and, and he's in fullback at the moment. I think he, his natural spot is fullback. I think that's kind of what he prefers to play. Um, but mate, he's a kid that's got a big future. I, I don't know how long he's going to be with us. I'd say nights and that'll we'll probably wrap him up. But while we've got him, we'll we love to have him. Yeah, I think he's all of about eighteen, and. Um... Mate, I saw him a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it was the game that, that you guys were up there watching. He was playing reserve grade, and he certainly, without wanting to sort of dish dirt on any reserve grade, as he certainly looked more than comfortable and probably one of the standouts on that field. He had plenty of time, so and, he, and he's certainly made that step up. And um, look, he, him and his brother, both talented footballers, he's certainly the better of them. I won't, uh, Jacko won't argue that. He's done quite well playing predominantly reserve grade and a little bit of first grade out there at Souths. But, mate, as you say, it's uh, you'd be surprised if Macquarie have the benefit of uh, Fletcher Myers uh, playing or any club for that matter, having Fletcher Myers playing in the Newcastle Rugby League for too long. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, and, and good on him. Like I hope he gets in there and, and gets his shot and, and does really well. But in the meantime, yeah, we're we're more than happy to have him. When he, when he goes through and becomes the next superstar, mate, you can tell the kids and the grandkids that you played with him and taught him everything he yeah. knows. <laughs> Sit there and yell at him on the TV. Mate, he's obviously not short of confidence based on what you said because he's a brave man if he's getting around with his shirt off uh, at a club that boasts Joe Woodbury in their ranks. Although, um, from a couple of other interviews I've done with your boys, I think the, I think Joe only trains every now and then when it doesn't interfere with his social media schedule. Yeah, and his haircuts, mate. He, um, he seems to schedule haircuts every time we have training on a Friday, so I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, well, you know, you know that Kitty's not going to be able to argue because he wouldn't uh, have the faintest clue about being an Instagram influencer, so he can't really get that. That's, that's not how it works. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, so, mate, mate, the one thing I have noted with having we had Kez on earlier in the year, then we had uh, Maddie the other week, is it really seems like you know, irrespective of how the results are tracking out there at the moment, there's a really good culture around the club this year. It's been, obviously after coming back from the year off, mate. You're someone who's known the fabric of the club for a long time. You've been involved in Macquarie for a long time. Is it, is this as good as, as you've been involved in with the Scorps? Yeah, yeah, I I think a hundred percent, and that's saying nothing. Like I've had some really really good news there in the past, but. Um, the way Kitty and, and happy credit to Rochi, who's our assistant coach at the, more, at the moment, and even Dotto, um, they, they're just a real good mix between the coaching staff, and I think that's really rubbing off onto the players. Saying that again, we got like a really good mix this year of, of older, more experienced players, um, and then some young young fellas, a few fellas from outside the comp that this is their first year, and it, it's just really lifted the energy and, and kind of set new expectations for the club, which is good. 
Yeah, and, and when when we did catch up with um, with Matt Moon a few weeks ago, we were having a chat about uh, the lower grades as well, and, and just having a look at the ladders. Um, look, the 19s, are, yeah, they're two points out of the five and, and still with a shot if they can get a couple of wins to finish in reserve grade in a similar spot. So, yeah, there's still an opportunity for you guys to, I guess, uh, head in in all three grades if you can get the right results in the final two rounds. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're still really hopeful in that. Um, as much as you don't want to blame injuries, but I, I think that's had a, a big kind of a part of our, our Reggies and that dropping off a little bit, even the 19s. I know a few of the 19s have had to back up for Reggies. Reggies have all pushed up into grades cover positions and, and that's one impacted their year a little bit but credit to them um, the boys that get shuffled shuffled around a little bit they just cop it on the chin they, they rock up every every week to do their job no matter what grade they're playing yeah just looking at it it looks too like destiny will probably be in your own hands because you take on third and fourth in reserve grade and fourth and fifth in, in 19 so those sides that you need to lose are, you know while you win um, are mm-hmm. the ones that you come up against with Maitland and Central to finish the year so a good opportunity if they, as we said if they can chalk a couple of wins uh, they can go uh, through into the finals. And, and it'd be remiss of us not to really quickly touch on the women's tackle too, which has been a new enterprise out there at uh, at Macquarie. And, and Matt talked about them being round. They've certainly got a challenging finish to the year. They take on uh, Central and South to finish the year and currently sit in fifth and, and should make the finals with Tukley and Berkeleyvale both being involved in their competition, sitting third and sixth. But uh, if they're going to go too much deeper than sort of the first or second week of finals, they're probably going to get a good run of form on uh, to take on the likes of Central and West. Yeah, there's a, there's a few good sides floating around that comp. But um, for the school, especially that we've had the, the side in, it's been unreal. Um, the, the girls get out there, they riff in the train all the time. They've always got really good numbers. Um, they drink pretty good as well. <laughs> and I saw them sculling a few cruises back at the workies the other night. Went all right. <laughs> There'd be, there'd be a few of your boys that'd be looking to sneak over and uh, have a few cruises instead of a few beers, I don't doubt, uh, especially some yeah, of the young boys. Uh, Mooney and Jez, they were the first ones in there. <laughs> uh, good, good to name and shame those boys that uh, want to yeah. jump, jump to the uh, the fizzy drinks instead of the cru- uh, instead of the beers, yeah. mate. Yeah, that's it. Let's let's jump ahead to this ra- this weekend's round. Uh, obviously, as I said, you guys are the Bar TV Sports to his new match of the round for the Denton Engineering Cup this week. It is a bumper clash. Uh, looking at the ladder, um, it's obviously Maitland. They've wrapped up the minor premiership yourselves. Uh, still in with a shot for that second bite of the cherry, depending on results. And realistically, you know, probably want to win. If you win both, you should overtake Central. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that's probably still the goal. I know when we spoke to Matt a couple of weeks ago, that's what you were talking about, is, is making sure of that second bite of the cherry if possible. Yeah, and you're exactly right, mate. Like, we're, we're lucky in the sense that we're in the position we can we can win it ourselves. We don't need to rely on, on other win and losses. Um, if we get in and get the job done, we'll earn our spot, and if not, we just have to cop the consequences. But Maitland this week, they're definitely the benchmark. Um, they're probably the best side that's gone around in a few years. So we're, we're definitely on for a bit of a challenge, but um, it's our Indigenous round, so we've got, got the Indigenous jerseys out there this week, going to Old Boys Day as well. So hopefully we have a crowd and it's more than enough reason to get out there and play footy and try and bounce back for last week. Yeah, it certainly is. And, um, you know, there's no better scalp to take than uh, the guys that sit three games clear at the top of the ladder. And I'm sure you boys, that uh, if you could knock those guys and Central two top five sides off heading into the finals, that would have you full of confidence, mate. So... Speaking of Central, they're the other game on Saturday and, and they head down to Lakes and we saw last week from the Curry-Lakes game, uh, Lakes have still got plenty of grit and prepared to have a crack. They've had those few guys come back from New South Wales Cup and they've got a, a couple of handy players, Nick Lowy, who was best on ground and Joel Edwards, probably two of the standouts in their forward pack alongside those Cup players. Yeah, they're, they're 
definitely got a good um, good side. Their pack in particular is really, really good. It's kind of surprising to see where they've ended up this year. Um, I think Central will probably be hard to beat. I think um, Phil, like Williams, will get them into a bit of form coming into semis, I'd say, and, and they'll be red hot, ready to go. Yeah, there's been a few challenges, I guess, for Central with, with a lot of their halves, with Walshie going down, uh, and then you're just not quite sure who's who's turning up on any given week in terms of they've got plenty of depth there with the likes of uh, Jack Kelly and Brad Murray floating around outside their, their ranks. But we see the way it's named at the moment, which is Dylan Pythian and Randall Briggs to start in the halves, Dylan Pythian facing the judiciary tonight. So we'll know a little bit more later, later this evening, being Wednesday night, as to whether he'd play. That would be a massive loss if they were without Walsh and Pythian uh, heading into the final two rounds of the season. Yeah, definitely, mate. You're, you're, you're half-back run this show. Um, without them, it, it's, it's always going to be a struggle. Saying that, Randall's a, an excellent player. He's been around for a while now and did more than do the job. Mother's there and, and Jack Kelly slots into the half. So I think they've got the depth to cover it. Um, it's just how they, they kind of adjust to those new players. Yeah, they've certainly got a couple of options there with, as you said, Randall or even Ethan Cook, who's played plenty of 5-8 in his time as well. Some good ball-playing back rowers that can jump in there. And, and, you know, they've got a nice replacement that's come back from Cup. We've talked about in the last couple of weeks in Zach Hosking, which bolsters their forward pack a little bit. And undoubtedly, you guys will have an eye on him when you play them in uh, about 10 days' time. But, mate, uh, if, if Central win that one, obviously it puts the pressure on you guys needing a win. Uh, the third game of the round, it's... Uh, Look, lots of people will probably look at this on Sunday and say, look, it's probably not of much consequence to anyone, but South will be eyeing it off because if they can finish the season with two wins and Curry lose both their games, um, South would uh, leapfrog them and they play Curry and Lake, so the other two sides that sit down in the bottom three slots on the ladder. So South will be wanting to finish their season with some pride and it'd be, uh, it'd be a brave man to underestimate them at Townsend Oval on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Saying that, but you look at Curry's side and they're, they're stacked as well, um. Like they've got that Frank Paul, uh, Tyler. I don't know. If, I think Carlo's still out, but like they've got a, a few handy players. And despite kind of where they're sitting on the ladder, they're both two quality sides. That it'll probably be a really good game, to be honest. Yeah, certainly. And, and I think we saw, you know, South probably not their last outing against West, but the, the game before that where they took it to Maitland and had Maitland on the ropes until late in the game when Maitland do, did what Maitland do. There's a lot of sides that, that probably aren't coming back from that. And certainly South now that they've got uh, Ryan Glanville back on deck will be a better side. So I think this will be a, a fairly uh, fairly solid game, as we saw from Lakes and Curry on uh, Sunday. It's certainly not these sides that are out of finals contention that they've just sort of put the queue in the rack and given up on their season. Yeah, I, I think it just speaks to the comp this year, mate. It's, it's such a shame that we've had this recent lockdown um, because the comp was so competitive. Like, anyone could bet anyone on their day. Uh, you see with, with West, obviously, a horrible start to the season and now they're on fire. Yeah, well, that's 100% right. I mean, you know, we would have been a brave man to tip against them had they played Wong in the entrance, um, mm. winning those games. And then they could have gone from being what looked like a wooden spooner after seven rounds to potentially being a top three side. Uh, as it is, they'll, they'll pretty much all but guaranteed to finish fourth or fifth. Um, mm. I I, yeah, they won't they won't be able to mathematically catch Central, I don't think. Uh, actually, no, they could catch one of you sides. But, yeah, as I said, with you guys playing in the last round, they're not going to catch both of you. Um, so, I mean, they're going to be a big danger side week one of the finals, whoever it is that comes up against them, whether it's yourselves, Cessnock or Central. Yeah, definitely, mate. Momentum's a, a funny thing, and they've got all of it at the moment. They're, they're absolutely on a roll, so... Um, yeah, definitely a, a danger side coming into the semis. It's certainly interesting. The last two rounds, the way it shapes up, and uh, looking at the ladder as well, um, it could be an interesting anomaly if uh, if you guys were to win both your games, Central was to win this week and obviously lose to you, 
and Cessnock were upset by Curry in the final round. You'd have three sides that would finish on 23 points. So four and against could be really interesting as well. So you guys would be quite mm. happy that heading into round 17 that you've got the slight upper hand there with the best four and against outside of Maitland. Yeah, that, it, it always helps. But um, I think we, we just got to focus on these two wins. Like we said at the start, we, it's totally up to us. If, if we get the wins, we deserve to be there. And if not, we've just kind of got to deal with the consequences of it. But the, with all the, the, the top sides finishing on the same points, again, that just speaks to, to how close and competitive it's been this year. And I think the semis are going to be exactly the same. Anyone can beat anyone on their day. It's just um, how you turn up. Yeah, it's exactly right, mate. As you said, um, we've seen it. Cessnock knocking off Maitland earlier in the year. It is doable. Um, mate, I think on a personal note, though, as we said, you're, you're right up the top of that leaderboard for the stats, man. Um, so you're in with a chance of the $100 and the $100 to your charity of your choice there. You're probably a little bit far away from the, from first on the outright try scorers leaderboard, but uh, are you any chance of reeling in Joe and Rob? Rob's flown past you in the last couple of weeks, mate. Uh, you, you've dropped off the pace there after being an early pace setter in the try scoring stakes. Yeah, well, I can make sure Joe doesn't score any pretty easy, but Rob's <laughs> over the other Rob's over the other side of the field, so he'll continue to do what he does. Hopefully, mate, we saw one from him last week on the Bar TV highlights, and he's uh, he's got some wheels, that's for sure. Yeah, he can move, can't he? Uh, mate, so and, and the final thing I just want to wrap up with, there's been a lot of debate about this. We all know where Joe Woodbury stands after his reality TV stuff, but, mate, uh, have, you, have you still got yourself uh, rated as the number one man in the pecking order for the sorts out there at uh, Macquarie, or is, it, or is there a dark horse we don't know about? No, mate, I'm, I'm way down the bottom now. You've got Joe up the top. Young Jez rates himself pretty highly. Moody's always always cruising around as well. And then I'd have to say Fletch would, would be a, a, a favourite coming in as well. Yeah, lovely, mate. Uh, and then for the ladies that, that are uh, a bit more after the full fi- figured, who's, who's the uh, the eligible bachelors in in, in the uh, engine room, mate? Is there anyone out there for the girls that are looking for someone? Oh, I think they're all taken, to be fair. It, uh, We've got, must, um, be, must be a bunch of good sorts in that engine room. Yeah. yeah, or they just found something early and, and jumped on because they wouldn't get any better. You're not, you're not, refer- <laughs> you're not referencing M. Jeffrey by any chance there, are you, mate? It's me, brother, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's landed on his feet, he has. <laughs> well, lovely, mate. Well, all, all the best for this weekend, mate. Thanks for a bit of time tonight. Uh, hopefully, we can see uh, some wins from Macquarie over the next two weekends across all the grades. And, uh, mate, it'd be, it'd be great for the club after a year off if uh, you had all three of the men's and the women's in the finals. And uh, undoubtedly, whichever sides do make it, will give it a red-hot sh- uh, shake, especially if you can get uh, a final at home out there at Lyle Peacock. Yeah, that's it, mate. Thanks for having me. No, no worries at all, mate. And uh, we'll catch you around the traps during the finals. Big thanks to Royce Jeffrey there from the Macquarie Scorpions. Great to have a catch up with him to chat Denton Engineering Cup. But it's now time to jump into the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. And as the season heats up, we're getting into the A-grade competition again this week. And and we'll have a look at the A-grade again as we head into the finals in a few weeks' time. But uh, we've had uh, one of the other voices of the uh, Belmont South Rabbitohs on previously, but we thought we'd get the uh, the more talented version, the uh, vice-captain, I believe, he is of the squad at the moment behind the illustrious Cade Snowden. Uh, Nathan Taylor, thanks for joining us, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me, mate. Uh, now, mate, uh, I'm sure you're, you're self-described as a not only a better voice but a better sort than the last bloke we had on from Belmont South. Um, yeah, if you're talking about that um, Aaron Flopperelli, yeah. Better looks, better football player, better drinker, better punter, just everything better, mate. But can you eat KFC like he can? Oh, no, no. Have you seen the stomach on him? I don't, I, I, I don't know. There's many blokes in, in Newcastle Hunter or Newcastle Rugby League that would challenge him for uh, 
uh, investment and um, aptitude for eating KFC. Yes, and won't even shower with the boys after the game. That's probably that's probably uh, in everyone's best interest, though. So, yeah, true, very, very true. Um, poor body, poor, poor scoring skills as well. Um, old handbrake, Morris. I, I did. I did say. Uh, I think he scored when I refereed you boys the other week, and he looked absolutely terrified when he got the ball. So, yeah, he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> One of the best facial expressions I've seen. I, I do like to put a bit of, bit of stick on Chop. I, uh, I enjoyed my time when I played with him at Lakes, and he, he is good value and a good sport, but he gives it out pretty well as well. So, mate, um, Belmont, it's been a bit of an up-and-down season for you guys. You've gone from, you know, having casts of thousands at some points to barely fielding a side at different points. Uh, mate, um, you know, you've come close with a couple of results that probably haven't gone your way, and then uh, other results have gone your way with, with tight-fought ones, and, and that game against South the other week is probably a good example of that that experience coming through. What are we expecting to see from Belmont over, over the remainder of the season? Are you going to get back to close to full strength? And, and are you expecting that you guys will, will give this competition a bit of a shake alongside, you know, Thornton, probably the favourite at the moment with the, the big cloud over Dora Creek with the extension of lockdown? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think we, uh, we're very close to full strength with uh, the four or five weeks off we've had. So we should roll into the next two or three weeks pretty much full strength and hopefully be a force. Come semi-final time. And speaking about weeks off, you do have another one this week. So it's been, uh, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of footy going on uh, for the boys, but with a, what probably can be generously described as an ageing roster, it's probably not the worst thing as you hinted at there. No, we definitely needed it. We've had um, some few sore bodies, being the older sort of bunch of blokes we are. So the two, three, four weeks off of that is, uh, will be good back into the season, coming into the first two weeks of the semis, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, you've, you've had the misfortune. You've only uh, played two games since uh, mid-June and both of them you've, you've uh, ended up with me in the middle. So um, ho- hopefully you can spread that luck around and, and get someone else so that, um, one, you don't have to put up with me and two, I don't have to put up with you boys. Yeah, well, what is it? Well, we won from two. We're 50% record with you. You are 50% record. I, I, the stat I will roll yeah. out for you, though, is that it is um, that you are currently winning 52-48 on the, on the net score. So... Um, and 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 the benefit for you is mate, of, of those eighty minutes you've only had. Of, sorry, of those hundred and sixty minutes you've only played seventy. Yeah, I'd love to see. How, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. I owe the boys a carton of beer for that. Cheers. No, that's right. I'll probably leave that one well enough alone. But yeah, so the last last two games you've played Northern Hawks on the twenty sixth of June up there in a tight arm wrestle where you're a little bit light on troops, and then South last week. Uh, sorry, a week and a half ago on the seventeenth of June, and so. Your next game now will not be till the 7th of August and you'll finish with what should be two games heading into the finals against uh, the two Coalfield sides, Thornton Beresfield and Curry Curry. So uh, it'd be good to get, I guess, your measure a couple of weeks out from uh, the finals against the side that's currently sitting in second and depending on how their results go, may well snare the minor premiership. Yeah, well, we can't beat Thornton at the moment. They've uh, they've had our measure all year, so it'll be a good hit out just before the uh, semis. Definitely need it. And then, uh, obviously, another hard game with Curry. They uh, we had a draw there, so they're not they're not be taken lightly either. No, they're they're a bit of a plucky side. Curry is quite interesting too. And and now with those Central Coast sides in doubt, and um, the Northern Hawks having some some points stripped from them, Curry, Curry see themselves in, in a position that they probably didn't think two or three weeks ago they'd be in. And there's a chance that they may play finals football, depending on what the the league and New South Wales Rugby League decide to do in regards to the coast teams. Yeah, definitely. You wouldn't want to run into them uh, week one of the semis, yeah, or week two of the semis, losing that first game, come a second or third, lose that, have to run into Curry in an elimination semi. That's not good. So um, the goal is to come second or third and try and 
win that and hopefully uh, play for the spot in the GF. That would be all things going well. But in saying that, we hope Dora gets uh, not allowed to play and we'll uh, we'll take the uh, trophy. Yeah, that um, I'm sure I'm sure you'd uh, love to take the trophy after a couple of years of. Uh I guess mixed results and um, and and where you sat and not being able to you know put the hands on the trophy for a few years out there at Belmont South as a fairly consistent performer in A grade. But speaking of trophies and, and running second or third, mate, I need to ask what's going on out at Belmont South. How is it that one of your props is your second leading try scorer? Which one, Cade Snowden? Cade Snowden, yes. Ah, uh, mate, every play is revolved around him, mate. Every play, every play, we get him in the back line, we get him in the forward pack here. It's just a go-to play for us. <laughs> Fair enough. And so, so, so Jer- Jerome Hammond's just a, uh, a bit of a backup, mate, and he's just managed to, to cash in with seven seven tries of his own. Yeah, yeah. We try not to use that side of the field too much. We are trying to stick to the other side. Um, if they obviously know what we're doing, we are spread the ball the other way. <laughs> yeah, lovely, mate. Well, not not far for you to go, considering you, you've been in and out during the year. You've only, you've only got the four tries, but, uh, mate, uh, I need a couple to get past Cade because... Yeah, even as a ball player, you don't want to be stuck behind uh, a front rower. And um, that said, as we talked about before, the good news is for everyone at Belmont South Mad Monday when it comes uh, hopefully well into September is that Aaron Morris will uh, have no reason to get his gear off. No, no, he scored. We didn't want him to score, but yeah, Aaron Flopperelli has scored a try, which is very disappointing. But we needed we needed him, so... So let's have, let's have a look. We talked about the, the ladder. Um, Dora Creek sitting on 21. They will now, with the extended lockdown, finish the season on 24 points, meaning that if uh, Thornton Beresfield uh, do win their remaining games, they will go past uh, Dora Creek. Um, yourselves sitting on 17 points can finish as high as 23, um, which realistically you're going to probably need Thornton to, uh, looking at the four and against, you're probably going to need them to lose two of those games to be able to surpass them. But even if you were to surpass them, you still only finish as high as second. Northern Lakes sit back on 15 points, Souths on 11, Cardiff on 10, Curry on 8, and Northern Hawks on 3. Uh, it's, it's an interesting space, I guess, for you guys. Um, obviously, not knowing what's going to happen with Northern Haw- uh, Northern Lakes, sorry. Uh, they'll finish the season on 18 points. With South sitting as far as they do behind you, one win will lock up that second bite of the cherry, which you'd probably be pretty keen on um, winning one of those last two games to make sure you do get that second bite. Yeah, definitely win one. Hopefully two, but yeah, going to the semis on a good roll would be the that's the goal. And then, uh, anything can happen in the semi-finals, mate. With a full side at Belmont, I think uh, we'll go very close. I think. Yeah, certainly. And 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 you talked about it before, and it was a little bit tongue in cheek in terms of you know penalties and discipline. But that with with how many games have been so close, you guys have obviously, as you said, you've had a draw with Curry. You've had a couple of close games with both. Uh, South and Northern Hawks in recent weeks. On any given day, a side can turn up in this A-grade competition, and if they're firing, it, that can be the difference, and, and it's probably going to be pre- fairly crucial as we head into the semi-final series. Yeah, definitely. Even uh, South, like they're they're just a good young footy side that just love playing footy all together. So even rolling into them week one of the semis, you wouldn't want to. They they nearly knocked off Dora as well. I've seen a few weeks ago. So yeah, yeah, they, they could be dangerous too. And we saw Cardiff, obviously, in the catch-up round um, last uh, Saturday night. They knocked off Northern Hawks with uh, a really surprising. They ter- they only had 13 players to kick off the game. They had a couple of players turn up late, but with a short bench against a talented Northern Hawks side to to sneak home in that. And, you know, I mean, it's no surprises that the, the likes of Freddie Campbell is at his absolute best there. And he's, he's a phenomenal athlete when he's on. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Cardiff for Cardiff is uh, probably the one of the hardest games in the league yet. You don't want to play Cardiff and Cardiff, so um, yeah, I still think 
top three sides would be very hard to beat in the semi-finals, but the other side's definitely got a chance. But uh, who knows what's going to happen with this COVID. Yeah, 100%, mate. We'll, we'll watch this space. But for the moment, let's have a look ahead to this weekend. It is a little disappointing. It'll only be the two games. Northern Hawks uh, and yourselves will have uh, COVID draws, as will Dora Creek and Northern Lakes, obviously. So two games, Friday night special. I'll be getting out to have a look at this one. Uh, certainly going to be an interesting game. It's the uh, Coalfields Derby. Curry Curry on a Friday night. Uh, there's not many colder places to go, and they'll host Thornton Beresfield. Uh, I had Curry earlier in the season on a Friday night, and they certainly had a bolstered lineup. They were able to bring in a few blokes that would normally work on a Saturday afternoon, and um, so that that's certainly something to watch. Thornton Beresfield, though, they're, they're a pretty classy outfit, and there's there's a reason they've still a, a good chance to end up being minor premiers, mate. Yeah, I think uh, with Thornton knowing that they've probably got a massive chance to take the uh, minor premiership, they'll uh, they'll be up for this, and they'll I think they'll win convincingly. Yeah, well, you certainly can't underestimate them. They are the defending champions. They did win that grand final last year in a, in a fair boil over, but uh, we talked about discipline before. That's one of their absolute strengths. They are fit, they are mobile, and they are disciplined. And, uh, yeah, you, you're 100% right. They will go into that game even on the road as favourites. Interesting enough, no Saturday games this week. The other game will be Sunday at 12 o'clock as part of a bumper day over at South Newcastle at Townsend Oval, mate. Uh, South, they, uh, you, you saw what they had a couple of weeks ago. Cardiff, we've seen them upset uh, Northern Hawks last week. And uh, both these sides, plenty to play for. The winner of this will sit, even with the COVID teams in there, in fifth place at the end of the round. So if it is decided that, you know, after the lockdown that uh, Dora Creek and Northern Lakes are able to play, then, you know, this game's got a fair bit of significance uh, in terms of uh, the ladder at the end of the season. Yeah, this is massive. I might even get over and watch this one over at South here. So this, this, this game's huge on semi-finals. Um, South at South, very, very tough. I think uh, they will get the chocolates, but in a very close one. Yeah, there'll certainly be nothing left in the tank. Both of them have the COVID buy next week, so uh, they'll be ready to throw absolutely everything in the kitchen sink. I, I don't doubt after seeing the physicality that South threw up against you guys and then what Cardiff dished up the other night, that this one, uh, there'll be plenty of spice and plenty of physicality between these two sides. So anyone out and about, uh, there'll be a good day of footy at South. You guys were part of it the last time South were at home. Um, an absolute extravaganza of footy when you've got four or five games there at Townsend Oval uh, to take in, mate. Yeah, definitely. 9am start till 5pm in the Arvo. Like, it's a full day of footy. Who wouldn't like it? And you can have that many tins on the hill. Well, that's the great news, isn't it? You don't even have to wear a mask while you're drinking out of that can, so just keep drinking out of those cans. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's why you drink, so you don't have to put that stupid mask on, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, mate. Well, mate, uh, thanks for coming on tonight. A big, uh, I guess, good luck to you boys for the last two rounds. Enjoy another weekend off. Um, try and keep Chop away from KFC for for at least 24 hours if you can. It's a big task, I know, and might see you boys uh, out there on Sunday, a few of you who come for a look out at Townsend Oval. No worries. Thanks for having me, mate. Thank you. Big thanks to Nathan Taylor from the Belmont South Rabbitohs. It's uh, certainly heating up in the Newcastle and Hunter competitions and the A-grade competition uh, is no exception. Plenty of sides who can take out the title and Belmont will certainly consider themselves one. But it's now time to welcome back my co-host Josh Spiegelman and get into the NRL. We uh, we got a bit long in the tooth last week, Josh, so we uh, we might need to try and keep this snappy tonight, I reckon. How do you, how do you think that sounds? Yeah, mate, let's fire across it. we got the Roosters and the Eels to start off on um, Thursday night. 
We certainly do, mate. And uh, I gave you some some heavy stick last week for one Crichton costing you money, but uh, it was the other Crichton and the Roosters that got you home on the, on the punt last week. So uh, I'm assuming they'll be uh, warm favourites in your heart after that. Mate, the Roosters will never be in my heart in any sense of the word, but, <laughs> but um, especially after they beat the Knights last week. But uh, looking at the Eels last week as well, they were pretty disappointing, but you can speak more into that as they obviously played your Raiders and lost. And we could both had a conversation before. We couldn't believe the current odds for this match. The Eels dollar fifty five favourites, and I'm going to take the Roosters head to head. I just, I just don't like the Eels without Moses still. Um, and I think the Roosters, even with their injuries to their backs, even though Kieran, Kieran's a bit of a question mark at centre, I just like their teammate. They're still star studded. They got, you know, great four pack, great backs. Yeah, I'm going to back the Roosters. Yeah, Kieran was the one question mark for me. It's it's quite scary sometimes how similar we think, mate. Uh, but when you've got Daniel Tupo, you can bring back in Josh Morris, Joey Manu coming on a wing. Again, you know, I don't have an issue with how their halves stack up. I, I think, you know, Dylan Brown probably outpoints Drew Hutchinson, but the gap between Sam Walker and Jake Arthur is bigger than bigger than the reverse on the other side. Uh, the Fords, you know, like it's a stacked Ford pack. Warrior Hargraves, Lou, Tonopia, uh Victor Radley, Angus Crichton is their starting forward pack. And then, you know, you've got the Butcher Brothers and, and Takia, SST, Siwa, Takiahu coming off the bench. Uh, look, I think it's going to be a cracking game, but yeah, I just see the value about the Roosters as well. Um, I price this up with the, the Roosters being slight favourites myself. Um, so yeah, I'll certainly be looking about a little bit of that uh, that value, mate. And uh, I'm not in bad punning form if I do say so myself. Four of my five lines I took last week, as well as uh, a show a show tip, mate. I did I did suggest I think he was at about 450. Kane Bradley anytime try scorer into the Cowboys plus 30 and a half, which would have got you somewhere around about eight to nine dollars. Um and and it's saluted, mate. So um, it's probably my one good tip for the year at, at uh, anything <laughs> over about a dollar one. No, that was a brilliant prediction, mate. I, as we'll get to soon with the Cowboys, I thought they were really impressive last week. I know the storm were quite under par, but the way the storm had been going, that was great. And to see Bradley get over, that was um, I could hear you cheering all the way from Sydney. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he um, he, he hadn't quite grounded the ball as he went over before I messaged you. But anyway, let's jump into the <laughs> Friday night game up at Suncorp. It's part of a double header, and it's the West Tigers. Taking on the New Zealand Warriors, the Warriors, uh, quite a number of players uh, in and out. Uh, the big news, though, for the Warriors, even though he wasn't wasn't named and, and wasn't going to play, is uh, RTS returning home just to avoid that travel bubble. And, and it will possibly be the last we see of Roger Tuovasashek in rugby league unless he does a Benji Marshall. Yeah, it's sad to say, mate. He's been a great serviceman to the game. and Obviously, wish him the best of luck in Union. Uh, everyone's probably heard what Paul Kent had to say about the matter during the week. I thought that was a bit... Off, um, yeah, I'm professional. Maybe I think Rodgers deserves to do what he wants, especially to anyone from that same sacrificing being away from their family for so long. So best of luck to him. Uh, as we look into this match, mate, both of these teams, I think they conceded a combined over 100 points last week. Terrible defensive effort. I'll be tipping the Tigers here just simply on the back of the Warriors losing both starting props, Matt Lodge and Sanua Blake. I think they've been shining lights for them. You couple that with obviously Tohu Harris already missing. And um, they got the young hooker starting this week, Otacolo. So I think the Tigers are a bit more settled, and I think they'll get the win here. Yeah, it's it's, it's another interesting one for me. Um, certainly the Tigers' favourites. I, d- I don't know that I see huge value about them head to head, but uh, look, if you're going to draw me into a tip, certainly with them welcoming you know a couple of those players back in uh, in that extended squad, um, and the fact that Warriors they're, they're in such a such a tough spot now, they can't even name 21 players. Um, as a squad. So they've got 20 players named in their full squad this week. 
um, including you know, a couple of players who probably most of our listeners have never heard of. So it'll be the Tigers for me in this one as well. But again, like any, any tip with the Tigers, uh, please proceed with caution. They were the one line that I did lose <laughs> last week. So um, speaking of lines that, uh, and bets that, that won for me last week, the Cowboys and the Broncos both saluted. It's not often I'm uh, happy to talk about, a, about two Queensland teams doing well, but the Broncos impressed me. They could have quite easily thrown in the towel against the Panthers. Admittedly, it was a lighter Panthers side. And the Cowboys, look, you know, they didn't win, but they had, had a, a fair old crack considering they were missing players themselves. So this one really shapes up as an interesting one. And I didn't know how to really price this one. It was a, a bit of a toss of the coin. And I ended up leaning with the Cowboys being slight favourites. The bookies have now got the Broncos slight favourites. But, um, yeah, it's, it's anyone's guess as to, you know, the, the, the final 17 that both sides put out there as to who will end up being the favourite and who turns up on the day. Yeah, this is a tough one to tip, mate. Uh, for me, it's going to hinge if Jake Turpin actually plays for the Broncos. I think he broke his thumb last week, and they've got Levi on the bench. So, I think that'll be a pretty big downgrade at hooker for them there. I think on paper, currently, they do have a stronger, more you know threatening team, obviously, with Stags, and you've got Payne Huff in great form, and Jordan Rickey's pretty dangerous on that edge, especially in attack, not so much defence. But on the other side, I think they've got a few more points than the Cowboys. But, yeah, for me, it's going to hinge on Turpin's health. So, that's one to note. Currently, I've tipped the Cowboys, but... um. But yeah, potentially change. Yeah, I think the less minutes they get in, Danny Levi has the better for the the Broncos side. And uh, uh, interesting though, they do have that X factor of Albert Kelly, who who was one of their most impressive for a good window there, and just seems to have been pushed out of favour um, since Stags returned in the centres, which has been an interesting one. Um, but yeah, again, Katoni Stags is probably the reason for my tip wholly and solely. Um, he has been absolutely outstanding since he, he's returned, and and I'll, I'll lean the Broncos in this one ever so slightly. Yeah, that makes sense, mate. And if we move on to the next game here, you've got St. George against South, and this is a quite imbalanced game as odds go. I think South are $1.06 at tab. The line's 24 and a half. Um, the big news here, or potential news, Adam Reynolds is under an injury doubt, I think, with a lower leg, or, sorry, a hamstring or quad injury. I can't remember exactly, but um, want to monitor there. Meanwhile, the Dragons, you know, they're going through their COVID suspension still. They don't have Blake Laurie, Jack Bird, Jack DeVellin. Josh Maguire, and then they lost to Noah Brown back to the Warriors in that loan deal. So another unsettled lineup here. Uh, pretty easy tip head-to-head for me with the Rabbitohs. Um, that line will hint on Reynolds, so I, I probably will stay away from it. Yeah, I, I certainly would be uh, very cautious about that. And, I mean, at the end of the day, if you wanted to have a bit of a speculator, it might be worth speculating on him not playing and just the juice of that line. But... I'm pretty keen to stay away from betting on any game where Corey Norman's playing in the centres, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> defending against either Campbell Graham or Dane Gagai, I feel like that's going to be a long night. Yeah, I think so, mate. I can't remember the last time he played in the centres. Can you just fall back in half? Yeah, correct. And he, and he hasn't been impressive in the, in, in his uh, regular position. So uh, for him to play out of position, you've got to really Maybe question Maybe he'll reinvigorate him, mate. Maybe this is the, the lifeline he needs. He could transform himself into a centre. I'm going, follow, going to follow that uh, mature age Benji Marshall up at the Broncos sort of line, you reckon? So, uh, mate, we might skip the next game and save it to last because I think there's going to be some juice in it, and we'll jump on to the uh, the Saturday 7:30 game, and it's this Storm against the Panthers. This is another one, certainly with you know some of the players that are out for both sides. Uh, I know that uh, Munster does come back in and uh, um, boosts the uh, Melbourne side, but I was quite surprised at, at the sheer volume of the line here. Um, yeah, I certainly thought it was Melbourne were a bit more than a, a converted try favourites, but uh, it's a it's a fairly juicy line if you like what you can see with Penrith, even though they've they've got another reshuffled halves pairing. Yeah, I, I don't think the value is there for Penrith this week for me. I, I just think losing those 
um, two key forwards, Isaiah Yo and Fisher Harris, are two huge losses for them. And obviously, Brian Tyre is out with a syndesmosis injury now as well in the back line. So they're obviously without Cleary as well. They're really, uh, it's a real, real shame we don't get to see a, a top of the table sort of clash here between two full health teams. Hopefully, in the finals, we get to see it. Oh, obviously, they're missing um, Appy as well from Hooker, who's now been suspended for that stupid COVID breach. So, yeah, Storm and a head-to-head tip for me here. It is an interesting bench they've got. Um, obviously, Pappenhausen or Hoyzen on the bench there with Chris Lewis, who are two both, you know, undersized players their position. So, it's going to be interesting to see how Hap comes on and mixes with um, Hughes, Munster and Hines. Maybe Hines goes in a bit of that, bit of that dummy half role for Brandon Smith like last week, or um, maybe they'll wreck Hughes or Munster if it's um, a runaway game. So... An interesting one, regardless of the result. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's if there's a late reshuffle to that bench, and while it might not add any size to it, I wouldn't be surprised if they went with uh, if if they can get him fit, uh, either Harry Grant or Tom Eisenhuff to uh, one of those two to come onto that bench just to give them a bit more punch. Um, obviously, Harry can go straight into the nine, and, and it frees Brandon up. Or um, we've seen that the, the work that Eisenhuff can get through in the middle if if those guys are fit. So. Um, watch for some late change. I don't think it'll drastically um, affect this, and and certainly in terms of a head-to-head perspective, I'll be all over the Melbourne Storm. Uh, let's head to the penultimate game of the round, and it is the Bulldogs taking on the Gold Coast Titans. Again, the Titans are the away side at Seabus Super Stadium. Uh, it's been great fortune for the 12 people on the Gold Coast who are Gold Coast Titans fans that they've been able to get to <laughs> an absolute uh, stack of... of uh, away games at home this year with uh, the relocation and uh, that'll be the remainder of the season as it stands. Yeah, you've got to give them something up there, I guess, of Queenslanders. Uh, I was pretty pretty impressed with young um, Toby Sexton's game last week, filling in for Fogarty, who has been named in the reserve, so he could make a return for the Titans. I'm um, not just saying that because Sexton basically won me my fantasy draft for the late pickup there if I had to cover an injury. But, um, yeah, looking at the head-to-head here, you've got uh, Luke Thompson, who's out for the Dogs now, suspended for three weeks and obviously everyone saw his Really good effort last week. The pinnacle, that run where he busted the Sharks up the middle and found Avrilo, I think, back on the inside. So that's another you know, nail in the coffin of the dog for this match for me, and I'll be taking the Titans. It's been an easy tip, I think. Yeah, I think the Titans will be too strong here. Um, certainly in terms of, of betting, there's nothing that's really jumping out at me on this game. But, uh, yeah, I'll be taking the Titans in the head-to-head. Final match of the round is the Cronulla Sharks and the Manly Seagulls. Obviously, the final match in terms of timelines, but in terms of our preview. Uh, the Sharks, $5.50 outsiders against the Seagulls, who are $1.15. It's six versus seven. There's some real anomalies the way this competition tosses things up in terms of uh, the, the real gap between sort of the, the top five or six sides and the rest of the comp. Yeah, it is, mate. And you look at the halves here for me with the disgulf of experience. You've got Cherry Evans and four and up against Tracy and Trindle for the Sharks as Johnson's out with another hamstring injury that could spell the end of his Sharks career. So, yeah, uh, Eagles for me this week, um, pretty boring tip. Uh, they got Curtis Perrin and back as well on the bench. And they're just in um, some pretty good scoring form as we saw against the Tigers last week. So I'm guessing you're the same. Yeah, certainly, mate. Uh, there's a, that whole spine in itself is, isn't exactly stacked with experience, and there's nothing, you know, if you, if you look for a real strength of that side, uh, look, you know, the, the only strength you can see in that in that Cronulla side is Toby Rudolph if he fires, and maybe uh, their centre pairing, who've both been probably underperforming a little bit in recent weeks. So, yeah, for mine, I can't see a way past the Manly Seagulls. But let's jump back to. 5.30 on Saturday night. Uh, it was originally scheduled for McDonald Jones Stadium, but it will be at Suncorp Stadium uh, as part of a double header leading into that Melbourne and Penrith game. And it is your night, mate, taking on my Raiders in a very crucial game for both sides. 
Yeah, it's very crucial, mate. And I've tipped the nice here currently at 220, and I think there's a bit of value around that based on what you said. I alluded to with the Adam Reynolds um, suggestion in the South game because I really think Pierce will be a late inclusion here, which will bump our odds down. Um, you know, the pivotal point of the season, he's had a couple of weeks off now with that hamstring. He's been named in the reserves. So I, I think we'll see a late shift here with Crossman dropping out. And we will obviously get Bradman Best back together, uh, back in the side as well. So we might finally get to see Ponga, Best and Pierce together. And then you've got Clemmer back on the bench. So uh, any team news for the Raiders you want to run through? Yeah, let's have a quick look at the Raiders lineup. Uh, again, they were so strong last week against the Eels, and uh, I took the line. I wish I had taken the head-to-head. Um, realistically, we're, we're looking very similar. Um, obviously, Whiten and Whitehead coming in are the two big names that uh, obviously stand out, which, you know, it's interesting. Frawley was, was one of our best last week, and he's been solid in each of the games. He's on the extended bench alongside Bailey Simonson, but... Uh, and Dunamis Louis as well, but I think they will run one to seventeen. I, it was great to see the return of Joe Tarpanay with a bit of impact last week, and I just thought I was really impressed with the fact that the Raiders just the the energy they came out with last week and and just putting the pressure on. And I think it doesn't really matter who you're playing against if you can play like that for eighty minutes, then you get, you're going to put yourself in in the battle to win more games than you lose. Yeah, exactly, mate. That's going to be the story for this game. I think the teams are pretty evenly stacked on paper should Pierce come back. So it's going to be an effort. And who wants it more, really? Who wants that final spot? I'm a bit nervous of your bench, as you mentioned. Tapanay adds a, a really good punch from that 17 jersey. But also Tom Starling and ex, both ex-Knights. I think Starling's, um, he could cause some trouble around the ruck when our big guys get tired or we bring on the, should we say, less experienced props or, or is it less skilled? I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, so anything um, negative. <laughs> I, I, well, I was going to say, it's hard, hard to say less experience when you've got David Clemmer coming off your bench, mate. But uh, uh, It's talking about Josh King and so I so they're a bit slow around the rock, I think. Not as agile level. laterally uh, as, we, as we've seen a number of players that uh, have got caught in that way in recent times. But yeah, I certainly think that it just, it's added such a dimension the way Starling settled in there, allowing Hodgson to play as almost a... A third, a, well, probably more of a second ball player and Whiten goes into more of an even heavier yep. running role and you just don't know where it's, it's sort of like you know Tommy Turbo popping up everywhere in origin you just don't know where it's going to come from but they've found the balance of you know certainly in recent weeks of not over, all overplaying their hand because that's when it goes to shit definitely mate 100% you spot on so there I, I think um Sorry, mate. Yep. No, that's all right. I, I might be a little bit biased here as well. I, I personally think this this is the the pick of the round in terms of of games, and um, I'm really excited by the fact that uh, my lovely partner's booked a, a birthday dinner for herself at six pm on on Saturday night. <laughs> How good is that? That would be enjoyable, mate. Um, have you got a tip or a prediction for this one? I, I might have something up my sleeve. Yeah, I, I, I do. I'm I'm going to go the Raiders to win one to twelve into Hudson Young, a former Hunter Valley boy. To score a try any time, so that's that's my uh, my little wager for this week. So as I said, I used up all my luck last week, so um, not uh, not too likely to get up. But uh, hey, let's uh, throw some chips in anyway. Sounds good, mate. I'll um, go the opposite of you there. I'll go Knights one to twelve, and I'll take Heimel uh, Hunt anytime and uh, Mitch Barnett anytime. Well, you go on the double, mate. So what have we got? Heimel Hunt at about. Uh, Dollar ninety one. He's, he's the he's the shortest of the Knights players. And who was your other one? Sorry, Barnett. Five dollars. Uh, Barnett. Barnett. So I'll, I'll just uh, so my, my multi is paying twenty dollars twenty five. Yours will be absolutely juicy. Uh, Mitch Barnett into Heimel Hunt. When my computer wants to uh, respond because it's being a little bit uh, precious at the moment. That'll just be twenty nine dollars. So if you put put both of those on and uh, either and either of them win, you'll be laughing. And if neither of them win, well, you've donated. You know, if you put two bucks <laughs> on each one, you've donated four dollars to a uh, 
a very well-funded charity, thanks to most of mine and Josh's losing bets over, <laughs> over the season. Yeah, that's well put, mate. Oh, mate. Well, that, that brings us to a, the end of the NRL segment. Um, one of us will be crowing. One of us will not be crowing next week. Um, and, and I was trying to think of a bet, and, and you know what? That, I reckon that might be it. I think the NRL segment next week will be kicked off with a five-second actual crow from the loser. It's not, not too bad, mate, so just a, a little bit of embarrassment. What do you reckon? Mate, I embarrass myself enough in my usual voice, but whatever you feel is right. Yeah, mate, it's a, it'll probably make more sense than most of our tips. So that's how we'll kick off the uh, NRL next week. The loser of this game will have a, a, an actual crow to lead into the NRL segment. But, uh, mate, thank you again for this week. Uh, as always, your expertise has been invaluable both with this and with the Statsman Performers of the Week. Um, you and I are going to have a lot of spare time on Wednesday nights in about six weeks' time. I don't know what we're going to do after that, but that's all right. Uh, in the meantime, mate, until next Wednesday when we record again, uh, enjoy your footy. Uh, sing out if you need to, uh, you know, mix up the stir-craziness of lockdown and talk some more footy. And, uh, yeah, certainly uh, if any teams are looking to plan for 2022 and getting some stats analysis across any of uh, the competitions, either talk to Josh or uh, Josh can put you in touch with some other gurus that know some numbers. But certainly in the Denton Engineering Cup, he is the man to talk to for stats. So a big thanks again, mate, and uh, I'll have a chat to you next week. Sounds good, mate. Everyone enjoy their footy over the weekend and, um, yeah, drop me a message and break my lockdown boredom. Big thanks to my co-host, Josh Spiegelman. As always, this show just wouldn't happen without him. The other pe- person that this show wouldn't happen without these days is Johnny from Smart Ass. Make sure to check out his Facebook page. I know you probably think it sounds like an absolute echo, a um, broken record, if you will, but there is no one out there that does a better job of sports and event photography and promotion than Johnny. His work speaks for itself, so check him out. It certainly beats, as he says, your mum's iPad or, you know, the, the amateur guy around the corner just taking a quick couple of snaps. There's some really good photographers out there that cover the local game, but there are none better than Johnny at Smart Artist. He does a great job, so check him out. Get in touch and get him covering your game or event. But uh, that brings to a close the show. A big thank you to, as I said, Josh, but also Royce Jeffrey from the Quarry Scorpions. A good insight into the Scorps charge for a top three berth and how they're travelling in the Denton Engineering Cup, uh, as well as a comparison of rigs and the uh, unfortunate news for all those ladies that listen, or both of them, that uh, unfortunately none of the Scorps Fords are apparently single. So if there are any of the Scorps Fords that uh, Royce has done your disservice there, make sure to reach out and let the show know. Also, thanks to Nath Taylor, um, for his breakdown on the A-grade competition and uh, absolute sledging of his coach, Aaron Morris. That was excellent uh, and great to have Nath on the show. Um, as he said, uh, certainly some great footy action this weekend and, and it'll be wrapped up on Sunday at Townsend over with a bumper day of footy with both the A-grade. The 19s, the reserve grade and the first grade all out there, so it'll be an absolute cracker. But there's footy all around at all corners of our region this weekend. Unfortunately, not on the Central Coast, but Newcastle and the Hunter Valley are kicking on with an absolute resurgence. So make sure to get out, check out your local footy. If you are, unfortunately, one of our listeners that's impacted by COVID, uh, keep on soldiering through. And, uh, you know, obviously, we understand that you are doing it tough. Hopefully, some of that bar TV footage that uh, they provide is uh, a welcome relief uh, and can help you stay in touch with the local competitions as we do here. And if you are involved with one of the clubs that's uh, struck down by COVID and you just want to get on and chat some footy, reach out to us and we'd be more than happy to have you on the show uh, to break up your lockdown experience as we do for our great co-host Josh Spiegelman each week. But that brings to a close our show. A big thanks again for tuning in. Make sure you do get in and vote in our local Legends of League competition uh, to decide the best 
of the post-1988 players that have gone on from Newcastle Rugby League, from Central Coast Rugby League, the Hunter Valley competition, or even, as we found out today, from the Newcastle Hunter Rugby League with the great Anthony Don, who plies his trade at the Gold Coast Titans. Get them nominated into the Eliminator before Sunday the 8th of August, and then the Eliminator will start. It'll probably keep us uh, entertained and engaged for a little bit of the off-season as well, but certainly during the final series. So get in, throw some names in there. There's plenty in there already, and we look forward to plenty more to come. Thanks again, and enjoy your weekend of Rugby League. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the Premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Newcastle, Newcastle Hunters, Hunters Rugby League.